InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is already September 28th. Can't believe how fast the month of September is going by. And of course, the weekend is here. Yay for weekends. And then, of course, next week starts October. But our focus on this program is you, not what's going on, not the calendar, just you, your investments and your continued education on how to become an above-average investor. So as promised, I will provide unbiased comment and analysts for you two today. But of course, I encourage your participation. I want you to call. So please call my anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. It is Friday, and anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time know that I distribute a our KBP Premium Newsletter to our various subscribers on Friday. And I'd like to share some of the some of the things I put in there to, to uh, entice you to be a, a subscriber. So uh, we're going to talk about that today. It is I think it's a good value for you. So I will preview, preview the newsletter and with some experts and excerpts in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start the question and answer period. 888-99-CHART. Hi, I was hoping we could take a look at Annalee Capital Management, symbol N as in Nancy, L as in Larry, Y as in yellow. Um, I like REITs as, you know, kind of long-term dividend reinvestment holds. And looking at it here, it just seems kind of too good to be true in a way. High dividend, consistently making money, pretty low in their 52-week P-to-E ratio range. And I'm just not sure what I'm missing here. Um, so if you could take a look and let me know, I'll listen on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, Anley Capital Management Company is a REIT, real estate investment trust, that owns, manages, mortgage pass-through certifications, certificates, and collateralized mortgage obligations. And why is it cheap? Because it deserves to be cheap. That's why. Whenever REITs always struggle in a rising interest rate environment, even though the interest rates are low, when it's rising, REITs tend to struggle. Now, the annually pays about a 3.1% dividend. The PE ratio is 8, and it looks like it's really inexpensive. Uh, but not really, because the five-year range is 7 to 13. It's on the low end of the range. But don't think in terms of 8 being very cheap compared to the overall market. Well, it is, but... This REIT has always been cheap compared to the overall market. So you got to compare it with itself and with its peers. Okay, not with the overall market. Okay? So, looking at a chart, is it a good time to buy? Well, if bottomed right around $9.30 and today's at $10.23. That bottom was made in February, then retested, then tested in March. And it's been slowly marching up since then. It had a little... Hiccup here from uh, when was that? The beginning of the month, it fell down. So, if you want to own a REIT, this is a good REIT. It's not, it does not have too much debt. 
And that's really what you got to worry about in REIT. If interest rates are rising and they're going to have to refinance a lot of debt, their cost structure is going to go up, and that's going to squeeze profits and the dividend. So, but this this analyst doesn't have a lot of a lot of debt right now because they do a lot of pass pass through and CMO kind of things. Remember, the CMOs are the ones, uh, if you remember right, that really caused the huge or helped cause the huge financial crisis in 2008. CADOs, CMOs, all those. And they are still doing it. By the way, there's nothing wrong with those instruments. It's when you start to be crazy about it, just like any other asset. So, no, it's a good company. Um, it's not for me because I don't like to buy these things in a rising interest rate environment. I'd rather see the interest rates peak and then step in them when I think the interest rates are going to start to go back the other way. Now, the KPP premium newsletter letter out today, this morning, is once again filled with solid information for all the subscribers. I do it every Friday. In the first section, market condition section, I focused on what's happened this past week. The final revision of GDP came in. This is the final revision for the second quarter, and it didn't move. It's still 4.2%. And if you remember right, and I meant this, this is in the newsletter, I said that, uh, I reminded you that the first quarter was 2.2. And if we get a growth rate of 3% in the third quarter, which looks pretty assured, we won't know that, and we'll know that in a few weeks, so we'll get the first reading of the third quarter, since it's just ending today. Um, I think we were looking at a very close average for the whole 2018, 3%. We don't know what the fourth quarter is going to be, but, you know, if that's the case, if we get 3% or higher, that's the first time since before the recession of 2008. First time. I thought that was pretty interesting. I also uh, made some observations about the Fed raising rates and the retardant factor in the mix of our economic health that higher rates produce. They are a headwind for our economy. They retard the economy. Higher interest rates. Now, we're getting close to a interest rate point, inflection point, where they, they you know, they, they, the Fed took out the words accommodative in their speech, saying that the interest rate now is not accommodative for the economy. It's neutral, according to them. But I still think you add that to the uh, trade wars that we're having, that's kind of a headwind. In the portfolio management section of the newsletter, uh, with the Federal Reserve in full rate rising mode, many investors are concerned about negative effects in rising rates. But you know, there's certain stocks that do better in a rising rate environment. And so I talked about those. What were they? What are they? So that that's first uh, a couple of, I gave a couple of stock ideas which was a little bit different this time. They weren't really stock ideas, they were ETFs and they were hedging ETS. So I thought that might be something you know re readers would like to know about, especially when we're going into October, which is known for it's the most volatile month of the year. Consumer Watch, that section. I talked about computers and phones being hacked. Okay, and the dangers and how how you can help prevent that how to recognize that, 
And it's very difficult because you usually recognize it after you, the damage is done. They've already charged things or done something to you. That's how you've noticed it. So, in, so as you can tell, there's a lot of valuable information in KPP Premium Newsletter. And easy to subscribe directly through investtalk.com. You can subscribe soon. I would suggest that. If you're going to do it, you got to do it really fast because we're going to increase the, right, the rate, the price in October. Almost doubling or doubling the rate. You want to rate that rate and get it for $10 now. Comes out every Friday. Every Friday. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I understand that many investors can have potential trepidation, can be unsure of how much portfolio money to risk, depending on many things, including how close they may be to retirement. I, it's in, they're, right, they're right in that kind of thinking. So my advice is to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. Justin and I can use the results to develop a strategy that works best for you and your portfolio. Our Friday show is well underway, and we are taking your questions, so give us a call, 888-99-CHART. to invest talk the weekend is almost here and so is october here's a constructive idea if you can find a few minutes to invest in learning how to improve your portfolio's performance head over to investtalk.com read about one of the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of kpp financial and while you're there be sure to take the riskalyze risk questionnaire for now steve's here the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Today's featured talking point, seven ways you can harm your credit score without you even knowing it. And they're, you know, they seem harmless, what these seven ways are, but I'm, you'll, I'll go over them and tell you why they're not. We're going to examine those. Did you see the price of palladium? Palladium may soon be worth more than gold. That's interesting. So we're going to talk about that. You are probably learning, you're probably leaving a lot of tax deductions on the table. This is deductions from medical. So I want to talk, you know, I want to go over what, what that might, what you might be leaving behind that you can deduct that you're not. And finally, how to plan for your RMDs. You know what RMDs are? Those of us who are 70 and a half certainly know. I'm not there yet, but, you know, required minimum distributions. What are they? Do you know what the penalty is if you don't take it? It's huge. Huge. It's wrong, in my opinion. The government should change that. But I'm going to talk about all those details also. So what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? The market was up today. The Dow was up 18. The Nasdaq up 4. The S&P was up 0. It didn't move at all. So the broader market didn't really move. But, you know, it, it was an interesting market day. We've had, it's been a down week. The market was down 1% this last week of September. And that's after a pretty good quarter Okay, a pretty good course. So, all month of September hasn't been very good, but 
you know, surprisingly, we had a pretty good uh, uh, July and August, which usually is the weaker part of the year. So since they were strong, it's making me more, I, I, a normal pattern would be they would be weak. We'd have uh, struggles in September and October, then we rally. But we had them those months, July and August, be strong. So now I'm more concerned about September and October because the market rallied already. So I do, I do, I do have concerns over a pullback. Now we had a 10% pullback in February. It took us all the way to June, July to try to move up from then, and we finally, by August, got it all back. First part of September. Thank God. Okay, but. And a little bit higher. But th that was after all those months of the market going sideways. And it was still, you know, we're, we're still kind of on the, where we were before, back in February. January, the high was in January, May and January. But that's kind of where we are before the February fall. Anyways, it's an interesting situation we got here. And, you know, we have the elections coming up. That's usually a little headwind, and the market is totally ignoring that. We've had an interest rates rise, and the Fed keeps raising interest rate, and the market is ignoring that as well. We have trade disputes. The market doesn't really care about that either. <laughs> the market has been very resilient, very resilient, kind of ignoring those kinds of bad news because the economy has been so strong. They, it's ignoring those news because it's looking at the economy and looking at the profits that are being produced by corporations and say, hey, this is good news. Why should I worry about these things when they're not really affecting the uh, corporate earnings yet? And I want to I want to make sure I, I, I stress the word yet because I can tell you that tariffs will affect corporate earnings, especially the big companies that have a lot of international trade. But I think the stock market is telling us that those issues might get resolved before too many months go by. I think that's what the market might be telling us. It might be wrong, but I think that's what it's telling us now. They think that. I'm Steve Peasley with a simple question for you. Why do you choose to listen to Invest Talk? I can tell you that Justin and I believe it's primarily because you recognize our commitment to unbiased guidance and you value the information that we provide and strategies that we help with and answer all your questions you can and you can see a lot more information a lot lot more uh, information that's usable at investtalk.com but whatever your reason we are glad you're here i will i love having you and now the lines are open 888-99-CHART KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock ideas into a concise summary every Friday. And you can subscribe at investtalk.com. It's $9 per month if you subscribe now. The price will increase this Monday, October 1st. You are listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here. And the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Seven ways you can harm your credit score without knowing it. First way is 
some of these ways are pretty surprising. You know when you get your credit card bill and you say, well, it's not due until you know, another 20 days or whatever it is? It's not a good idea to wait till that last minute to pay that bill. Why? Because most credit card issuers report balances to the credit card reporting agencies around the, around the time the billing cycle closes before they get your payment. So that could harm your credit because it's going to show you haven't made the payment yet and you're, you have a higher balance. Closing a credit card. In other words, you paid it off and you want to get rid of it. That might not be such a great idea. Why? Because closing a credit card account affects scores because you lose the available credit on that account. Not that you're using it, but you elude, when you close account, you lose the available credit. Why? So if you had 5,000 living on that card you just closed, why is that important? Because the way they figure these things out, they look at your available credit and the balance you owe. So if you have this credit card zero and these two other credit cards a lot and then you close this card the the you have less balance available to apply to what you owe drives your credit score up pretty interesting huh and how about applying for store cards to get a discount on your purchase you know like you're at macy's or someplace and they say hey we'll give you a discount do you think that's a good idea not really. Yes, it's a good idea for that discount, but every time you apply for a credit card, now just one isn't going to be a factor, okay? Just one. But if you start getting three and four credit cards, all every time that you do, that's reported to the credit bureaus. And the more cards you get, and in a shorter period of time, your score goes down. Another one? Want another one? Co-signing on a loan. First, let me say this. Never, ever, ever co-sign on somebody else's loan. Don't do it. Ever. Okay, that's my rule. My life rule. Okay, I've seen too many problems where you end up affecting your credit and you end up paying the loan because you co-sign. First of all, why do you need to co-sign? Because the person who you got a cosign for can't up, can't get the loan on their own. There's a reason for that because they probably can't afford it. Don't cosign on a loan, but if you do, it's going to affect your credit card score, especially if they mess up. And trust me, they will mess up quite often. Paying off a loan. Do you think paying off a loan is a good idea? I do. I don't think you should have any loans. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, the only loan I like is a mortgage loan. It's the only one I like. So, do you think that's a good idea? You know, you pay a car, you pay it off in installments or whatever. It's a, it, it, it's not a bad thing to your credit. It's not. But it takes a little while, a month or two or three, for your credit, the the credit bureau to catch up with that you paid off a loan. And they initially think it's a problem that you're not paying on time on your loan first month or two because of the way they do it. Not good, but there's all kind. There's a couple others, but they're pretty minor. Uh, don't make sure you don't avoid credit completely because you do need to build credit. Most people of us, 
need a high credit score. We may need it. We may not. Maybe when you get older, you don't care. You know, at this point, I don't care in my life because I'm not going to borrow anything that I can ever think of, so I don't really need it. But when you're young, don't avoid credit. Just don't get in a lot of debt. You don't need debt. You just need a high credit score. We get a wide variety of investing and finance questions on any time listener line, 888-99-CHART. So let's hear from one now. Hi, Steve. This is Tim from Bellingham. And I have a question about a dividend stock. I'm really trying to get away from being in too many growth names at this time and trying to get into some quality long-term dividend investment. And two names that I'm looking at are Verizon and CenturyLink. I'm really curious what you think about CenturyLink as far as adding that to my portfolio at this time and any other thoughts you might have on uh, Verizon as well. Thank you, and I love the show. Okay, CenturyLink. Did you give me a symbol? I know Verizon's VZ, but I don't know CenturyLink's symbol. What is it? Okay, CTL is a symbol, everybody. Uh, CTL, there you go. Thank you very much. Uh, CTL, let me punch it in. Provides local exchange, long-distance network, and accessible broadband services to rural communities in 37 states. Okay, so it's a telephone company. Pays 10.2%. Can it keep that up? It's going to make a dollar twenty-two. It's a twenty-one dollar stock. Uh, that no, it's, the cash flow can do it, but they're not making enough money to, to support that that high of a yield. It's a twenty-one dollar stock. Ten percent is two dollars and twelve cents, and they only make a dollar twenty-two. They can't do it. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at eight 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 ninety nine chart. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go to research tool? Y Charts. It's a cloud based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y Charts every day. Y Charts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. 
This is Invest Talk. Have you thought about asking Steve Peasley for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. Steve can set up a telephone conversation or even a Skype consultation. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here, and he'll have unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. I recently am eligible to take my 401k out with my employer, and uh, they're going to match 100% of the first 3% of contributions and 50% of the next 3% of contributions. I don't anticipate working for this employer for more than another year. I guess what I want to know is if I do put money into the 401k, I understand that they would contribute. Once I leave there, how difficult would it be, I guess, to roll it over into my Roth IRA? And could I do that? So a little more information. The 401k is with T. Rowe Price, while my I already hold a Roth IRA with E-Trade. So would there be any sort of issue with rolling it over into an existing Roth IRA and to another account with another company? Or would it? do you think it would have to be with the same company with a brand new Roth IRA? And for that matter, would I be eligible to have two separate Roth IRAs with different brokerages? Thank you for your time, and I'll be listening on the podcast. Okay, that's a very good question. Okay, so you're going to max out your contribution for at least the year that you're with the company. When you leave the company, you can roll over your money. It's very easy to roll over that 401k into an IRA. Okay, it's very easy and many people do it. Okay, now you ask, can I roll that 401k into a Roth IRA? Yes, you can, but if you do that, all the money in the 401k will be taxed at your ordinary income tax rate for that year because it's not a Roth 401k. And yes, Roth 401ks do exist. They're just pretty unusual. They're not that popular. Not a lot of employers offer it. But if it's a regular 401k and not a Roth 401k, you can roll it over into a regular IRA with no tax consequences and it's easy. It's also easy to roll it into a Roth IRA from a 401k. But remember, the money that you're rolling over, you're going to add that to your income for that year and pay ordinary income tax on it. You do not happen to open up a separate. You can roll it over into your existing IRAs. You don't have to keep it at that custodian. No, you don't have to. And it's very easy. It's called an ACAT transfer. It's very easy to transfer from a custodian to custodian. As long as you keep them in the same account, there's no tax issues. But if you roll it into a Roth, there's going to be a tax issue. Okay? I hope that's clear. Good question. Monday on Invest Talk, the fact that the price of oil is outperforming that of gold argues to some experts for the continuation of a bull market. Why commodity prices indicate new highs for the S&P 500? That story is Monday, by the way. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Oh, okay. We're going to go to Jeff. Jeff in San Francisco. Hello, How are you doing, Jeff? Hey, uh, I've had a question for you in regards to a long-term uh, buy and hold on FHLC. I also have a, a Schwab fund. I'm doing a Roth IRA. 
with uh, their health care fund for Schwab, S-W-H-F-X. So I'm trying to find out on the whole with the industry itself as far as like a buy and hold. Is that a good long-term hold or is this going to be like tech? You kind of got to watch it, jump in, jump out routine. Okay, you're talking about the healthcare industry. Yes. Now, right. I know biotech is F- a roller coaster, pharma, biopharma, same thing. The funds I have is a mixture yeah, of like hospitals slash biopharma slash REITs. I mean, they just kind of throw it all together. Amgen, you have the big names, you have the small names also. So, it's, I'm just trying uh, to figure out a more of a long-term buy and hold or is this just to get in, get out? I think healthcare in general is a good long-term buy and hold because you're looking okay. at a large swath of a large swath of baby boomers entering their their you know senior years, and they're going to cost mm-hmm. a lot of money. So there's going to be a lot of spending, and you got the next generations come along behind them. I think long-term they're going to be very good. And you're right. You, the things you want to stay away from or be wary of is the high-risk biotech, the startups, the ones that don't make any money. Those are the ones you got to worry yeah. about. But health, you know, hospital REITs and and uh, extended living and extended care, those kinds of places, I think are do very well. Drug companies, I think are going to do very well. But don't okay. get into those high, you know, those those. Startup drug companies that all they have is a story. They don't have any earnings. Always stick with the ones. You know, my rule is always, always earnings, earnings, earnings. You got to have earnings, then I'm okay with you buying it. But yeah, this healthcare read FHLs. Go ahead. Okay, another quick question. Uh, You said hospitals and um, reads those. Which one would have been? Do you have a ticker symbol? No, I can't give out ticker. I cannot. I cannot give out ticker symbols because I manage money for a living, and the SEC says I can't make recommendations. I can only answer questions. So I was going to go to your Fidelity Healthcare uh, Exchange ETF Exchange Traded Fund seeking results corresponding to the uh, healthcare index. Well, I think that's a good index, but it has made a pretty good move. In the last six months or so, from you know forty dollars to forty-six dollars. So, but I think long term, I think it's a good place to be. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Art Menlo Park. How you doing, Art? Good, Steve. How are you today? I am very good, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to um, piggyback on the uh, the previous caller, not this last one, but the one previous to that about the four uh, hundred one IRAs. Yes. Or the IRA. Um, mm-hmm. Since I was uh, injured, and I'm currently on uh, disability. And um, uh-huh. from what I understood, uh, the um, workman's comp is not taxable. So I was wondering if, uh, if it's a good idea to uh, take some uh, of the um, distribution out of my IRA. Because uh, okay. I'm uh- eligible at this point. And uh, I'm figuring since uh, my income will be less than what I normally make, um, and I didn't really pay very much last year, I was thinking about uh, taking some of the uh, 401k money out. Well, there's nothing wrong with it if you need it, and I'm sorry to hear about your injury. Um, uh, Art, how old are you? Well, I'll be 62 uh, shortly. 
Okay, so the bigger concern is, the biggest concern I have is, will your money last for the years you need it to last? So if you start taking it out, which is not a problem, you just have to do the math. How much money do I need? Have you started collecting Social Security, Art? Uh, not yet. But, okay, so uh, you want to figure... I, I think I have uh, enough. It's just a matter of uh, I wanted to uh, get taxed at a lower rate at this point. Yeah, if you have no income, no no income, and workers' comp doesn't doesn't account for adjusted gross income for that year, then only the money you take out of your IRA or your 401k that is your income for the year, and just keep it low and keep yourself into you know as low bracket as you can. And you're going to have to talk to your your accountant, your CPA guy, or your guy who does your taxes to make sure you're keeping yourself in that lowest bracket. But no, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. And you know, okay. there's nothing wrong with the thinking. Thanks, Art. I hope you feel better. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to take a moment to thank the dedicated listeners who have reserved time with me to meet me for our portfolio reviews in San Jose. That's coming up next week, October 3rd. And that's this Wednesday, actually. So uh, I, I am completely filled up for the day. I, I'll be talking myself hoarse, I'm sure, by the end of that day. However, there are there are you know there's still good news for Investor listeners in Southern California. You can meet me anytime you want in our office, our main office here in Southern California. So you can reap the benefits of no obligation, no cost portfolio reviews if you want. You can, and, and even if you're not in Southern California. You can go to investtalk.com, send me an email. We can do it by phone. We can do it by Skype. And all I need is to take, you know, send me your portfolios and we can do it over the phone. I'll look at all portfolios if you want to do that. We can set up a consultation time. Okay, the phone lines are open. And we are taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news. It's sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing the cost now through September is only $9 per month. And if you act now, you'll stay ahead of the coming October price increase. Remember, you'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to BJ in Fremont. How are you doing, BJ? I'm good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question yeah, that, uh, uh, considering the interest rates at this point, what is your recommendation? Is it uh, CDs versus bonds? Which one will be more preferable for a very short duration, uh, less than a year? Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay, I would probably suggest CDs if it's less than a year. Now, remember, CDs and bonds are two animals, two different animals. CDs are insured uh, 
by the FDIC. And, you, you know, they're much safer than bonds. Bonds are safe, but CDs are safer, much safer. Okay, so usually your rates on CDs are going to be less than the rates on bonds. But you can buy, you know, uh, a short-term bond fund, but the, I don't know if they have them one year or less uh, other than ultra short-term bond funds, which you can do, an ultra short-term bond ETF, and it's paying around 2% or so, okay? So that's what you're getting. And you get more liquidity than a CD, but I think it might be, due, I, I don't know what a one-year rate on a CD is. You can go to bankrate.com, and they will tell you what a one-year CD rates are and the best rates at what bank. So, um, but if it's one year less, I tend to would suggest CDs over bonds. Okay. Uh, but uh, when you suggest the bond funds, probably yes. they might have an impact of fluctuation because of uh, interest rate changes. If Feds uh, increase right. interest rate in the next six months, then probably they may have some adverse impact on those short, ultra short terms, or they will be uh, just like short-term bond funds. Uh, the fixed uh, bond, uh, individual bond. Yeah, okay. What he's talking about, everybody, is interest rates affect the value of bond funds and bond ETFs. The value goes down as interest rates rise. But, uh, BJ, in an ultra-short-term bond fund, we're talking, we're talking funds that, that bonds are mature within seven days, 30 days. It's so short that rising interest rates actually is a good thing for an ultra-short bond ETF because you get higher rates because they're constantly renewing. There's no long-term. It's ultra-short. So uh, if you need a list of that, BJ, send me an email. I got a list of three, I think, three or four ultra-short bond funds. So interest rates don't really impact them other than they get higher returns if interest rates go up. And so it's good news for an ultra-short bond fund. For any any bond fund other than that, yeah, the interest rates going up means the value of the bond goes bond fund goes down, and I wouldn't recommend that for a short period of time. Thanks, BJ. I appreciate the call. Thank you for the call. Really, okay. Palladium, it it's gone up thirty percent in the past six weeks. Thirty percent. Why? Well, because worldwide auto demand is rising. It's very strong. By the way, it's at $1,072. That's what Palladium is. And why is worldwide auto demand going up, causing Palladium to go up? Because they use it in the catalytic converters for pollution control. Almost all cars have it. So the demand is there. And what you have, in, in 2016, the shortage of Palladium, a shortage was 89,000 ounces. 2017, the shortage ballooned to 801,000 ounces. So the demand exceeds by far the supply, driving the cost up. And that's what's causing it. So think about it. As long as the economies are healthy, car sales are good, it's very supportive for palladium. Okay? Now, you also are probably leaving a lot of tax deductions on the table, everybody. I want to get to that before the end of the hour if I can. Those tax deductions you're leaving on the table. We're going to talk about that. I know it's hard to believe, but the weekend is here, and October starts on Monday. October. 
time is moving down pretty fast. Today's Invest Talk program is almost over, but we've still got about 10 minutes. 10 minutes left. So you can get your question in. Almost it's a financial question, I'd love to hear from you. 888. Next Invest Talk, why commodity prices indicate new highs for the S&P 500, Monday. And now Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So what, what medical costs are you leaving on the table? That's what I'm talking about. What are you leaving on the table that is tax deductible? And it's Certain kinds of medical costs that people think are not deductible. Now, you know medical costs are deductible as long as they, I think, uh, the deductions have to exceed like 10% of your income or something like that. I'm not a tax expert. But the costs are broader than you think, than most people think. For instance, you know, acupuncture is covered. You can deduct that. Fertility drugs, that's covered. Weight loss programs, you can deduct that. Bet you didn't know that one, huh? Weight loss programs. Okay, all dental work of any kind. I think most people know that that's covered. But things not covered, vitamins are not covered, vacations are not covered, even though I think vacations might qualify as a, you know, health restoring. Uh, they're not deductible. I wish they were. I would take more vacations. But... There's certain things that are deductible. Let's say even the costs, you know, the cost of, of um, a gym. You know, go to the gym. If it's related to an injury and you need to work out and you, you got a prescription from, for PT, physical therapy, and they want you to work out, that's all covered. You know, when I say covered, meaning you can deduct it from your income as a medical cost if you if you itemize on your tax return. That's what I'm talking about. So just be aware, keep track of those things. You know, all those costs are deductible. What's not also not covered is your uh, any cost for your pets. That's not. It's got to be for you or your family. The costs. Let's see if we can squeeze in another question before the end of the hour. This Here comes a recorded call from our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I'm new to investing, and I'm curious about margin accounts. I was wondering if you could go over that for me. I understand that basically your brokerage will lend you funds to buy or purchase securities at some sort of interest rate that you have to pay back. Is that interest rate typically a monthly, a yearly APY, or is it credited some other means? So if you could just go over this, and if my understanding of margin accounts is correct, uh, just reaffirm that for me. I'd appreciate it. Uh, One last thing. What would you recommend would be a safe investment to do with margin? Obviously, it's riskier because you're borrowing money from the brokerage that you don't have. But would you recommend a certain place to put the money, for example, an ETF or a blue chip stock? Look forward to your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Margin account versus a cash account is what he's talking about. We're not talking about IRAs or 401ks. We're talking about you know you open up a regular account, individual or joint account, a regular type of account. 
Those regular accounts, there's two categories of them. One's called a cash account, one's called a margin account. A margin account allows you to borrow money from the brokerage firm and buy more stocks or assets of whatever you want. Okay, and the first question he asked was, how much money should you be borrowing? Well, let me put it this way. The cost to borrow, they're charging you for this. It's borrowing money, everybody. Don't think. And I think the cost is running around 8 to 9% per year. 8 to 9%. So if you're borrowing money, think about this. You have to make more than 8 to 9% per year to make it worth your while. I think that's way too difficult because the market itself returns 9, 9%, maybe 10, maybe annually. In some years, not nearly that much. If you're going to use margin, how much should you use? I would never go more than about 20%. That would be way, I'd be at my extreme, extreme. What happens is if you borrow money and buy stocks, and those stocks go down, you can have what's called a margin call, where they make you sell your shares because the value of the portfolio has gone down and you borrowed money, and they, they, they meaning the brokerage firm, wants to make sure they can get their money back from your portfolio. So you can be, have a, be on a margin call. You do not want to be there. Don't use margin. Uh, generally speaking, I would say don't use it, generally speaking. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another Invest Talk program. Of course, it always is driven by your questions, which is great. You can always listen anytime from the podcast player page on investtalk.com. So please do so. Justin will be here on Monday. Please come back then and have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.